Hello, this is the Metaphysical Podcast. We have a disclaimer. The audio for this recording was not good, and we couldn't salvage it, but we pieced it together anyway so that you guys could listen to it if you choose to do so. Just know beforehand that my audio is not going to sound good. Alexander's still works. Mine starts getting echoey partway through and doesn't get better. So if that bothers you, feel free to not listen. If it doesn't, please do continue listening. Thanks. Try to get some monologues in so you can have your dinner. Sweet. Thank you. All right. So are we calling it a metaphysical podcast? Is that what we're sticking with? Uh, yeah, man. I don't, I don't know. Unless you take issue with that. If you have a better idea. Uh, I mean, that's, nothing comes to mind. That's fine with me. What about the metaphysical podcast? Or do we want the indefinite? I like it. The Metaphysical Podcast. Okay. Let's do it. Sweet. Alright. Do a little little countdown. A little one, two, three. Hey, 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 sports fans. (laughs) This is the this is the Metaphysical Podcast. I am Brian Clough. My cohort is Alexander Christensen. Hi there. And Alexander, why don't you speak a little bit to the purpose of the podcast? Why are, why are we here talking to these people? Um, yeah, that's a great question. Basically, we are just two lifelong friends that um, we're, we're in college now. And we just enjoy talking about things that we don't understand and that we're trying to understand. Um, So I guess what we're trying to do here, as we've talked about, is trying to have meaningful discourse about things and grow from that. Does that that sound like something decent? It does, yeah. I always feel like what, what we try to do when we have discussions like this is we try to get at the truths that help us understand life and try to help make it more meaningful. I feel like that's always central to the things that we talk about, at least to some degree. Sure, yeah. Yeah, I agree with everything else that you said, too. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, we we aren't experts in anything. Uh, Like Alexander said, we're undergrads studying at school right now. I think we we both have a great respect for critical thinking. And when we talk about things, usually that's the the road that we tend to go down is to try to analyze things critically and as objectively as possible. And we do that in cooperation with the little knowledge that we do have. And sometimes we'll do some, some extra research and base some of our thoughts off of those things that we found. But, but it is more, it is more just us kind of speaking from personal experience more than anything else and trying to analyze things almost as thought experiments more so than as like we're not trying to scientifically prove anything yeah and i think that's a good definitely a good disclaimer for us to make like part of the part of the whole point of this is to be layman like to be ignorant about what we're talking about but still 
figure out how we can engage with difficult ideas in a meaningful way, even though we don't know everything about it. And like, we've talked about this a lot. Like anytime we look back on conversations we have had in the past, we're always like <laughs> embarrassed by the things that we say because you know, we grow more and then we look back and we're like, oh, well, that was dumb. And I'm sure these will be no different. So, so most likely. <laughs> so I think that's important to be said, but, but that's kind of the whole point is we're just trying to grow and figure things out ourselves. We're not trying to say, this is what our expertise says is the right path or something like that. Exactly. We don't have the answers. We're just also trying to find them. With that being said, uh, let's give a little little blurb about ourselves. So like I said, I'm, I'm Brian. I'm studying English out at Butler University in Indianapolis, Indiana. I like to play volleyball in my spare time. Currently working on a novel. It's about four years in the making. Only started <laughs> over from scratch once, so that's not too bad. <laughs> um... Yeah, that's that's about it. Um, I'm I'm Alexander. I'm a student at Brigham Young University in Provo, Utah. Um, I'm studying English language, like English linguistics, um, Latin, and creative writing. Um, I like to write poetry. Big poetry weenie. <laughs> <laughs> all my friends make fun of me for as well as for studying latin for that matter um we both hail we both hail from las vegas um Mm. i served a mission for the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints in guatemala quetzaltenango and so that's kind of a important thing to mention because obviously it was a formative thing for me um as well as just being a member of the church in general so Forgive me for referring to those things often. <laughs> and I can I can speak to the way that you seem to seek in conversations like this to dissuade yourself from becoming biased based on anything that you believe mm-hmm. religiously. Try. <laughs> and I do think that you do a good job of it. Thanks, man. Uh... I have no no religious affiliation to speak of. I have some ideas about religion and about spirituality, but those will probably come up in a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but tonight what we want to talk about is, Alexander, you know it better than I do. I'm going to let you introduce it. All right. Um, we wanted to talk about... Um, why Jordan Peterson is why I think Jordan Peterson is wrong about at least one thing. (laughs) Um, And that is his criticism of happiness as a, as a worthy goal. Um, Anyone who's listened to him speak has probably heard him talk about how, um, when you're deciding what you want to strive for in life, when you're trying to set a goal for yourself, happiness isn't really a worthy enough goal. It isn't really strong enough to get you to do the things that you need to do to change your life. Um, His argument is basically that happiness 
is something that comes and goes as it pleases in life and and therefore and also that it's not that it doesn't have that much depth to it so it's just like a fleeting pleasure basically and and then most likely it'll be gone soon so it's really not something to strive for um, because you probably can't attain it and because if you do it'll either not be a profound enough experience for you or it'll be gone before you know it um, and his argument is that instead what people should strive for is meaning so that's what we wanted to talk about today yeah, and I think the way that he talks about it is uh, he, he believes that you ought to strive for a life that creates the most overall good. And I think he usually says that the best way to do that is first in terms of yourself, creating the best, like, the best self that you can, and in that way you affect the world in a positive way, and that's how you attain the best overall existence. I think that's what he extends into. Right. And, and oh, go ahead. Just real quick for those who don't know, Jordan Peterson is a psychologist who uh, taught at the University of Toronto for a while. I believe he taught, I think, at Harvard for a little bit before that. And he's also a clinical psychologist. He's done various studies and has some sort of amount of literature out there. I don't know the extent of it, but um, he's become very popular in the media because of initially a scandal that came out and he had written I think he had written one book when that happened and he wrote another book or finished another book not long after and so those added on to his his fame or notoriety depending on who you are <laughs> and then he started doing lectures and and Alexander and I both found him actually I found him through you I don't know how you found him I believe it was a friend of mine that just told me about him. Anson. You know Anson. Oh, Anson, yeah. There you go. Shout out Anson's to Anson. A good guy. Shout out to Anson. <laughs> um, yeah, and I remember when <clears throat> it was actually you and your dad were both telling me about him, and your dad was telling me some of the ideas that he talks about. And what I realized was that Jordan Peterson actually stole all of my ideas. <laughs> That's what I gleaned from that first conversation. Everything that your dad told me was something that I had just recently been trying to to sort out in my mind. And a couple of the ideas I was pretty far along with. And I thought I was really out ahead of it. And then he told me there was there was some Canadian that was already talking about it. <laughs> he beat me to the punch. <laughs> but I think I think it's safe to say that we both have a lot of respect for for Jordan Peterson, the way that he talks is usually very intelligent, very objective, and very precise, which is, I think, especially important, particularly when dealing with, with big and important and impactful topics. Mm-hmm. And, it's probably, worth, and so, it's probably worth pointing <clears throat> out that part of what we want to do on the podcast is probably inspired by him and that we want to... I mean, we want to be able to articulate things well, and it's it's an it's an exercise in articulating thought and trying to figure things out in an honest and artic and like precise way. Right, 
and while we're publishing it so that other people can listen to it, I think it has a lot of personal value for both of us. Right. And giving us a, a platform to practice the way that we articulate some of the thoughts that we have. Because we're both writers, and when you're writing, I think it's a lot easier to be exceptionally precise about what you're saying, <clears throat> because you have more time to sit with it. Right. I mean, sometimes it takes a really long time, but you have the ability to wait on it. When you're talking, it's much more difficult, because you're speaking as the ideas are coming a lot of the time, especially with the topics that we're going to be going over. But I think it's good to, it's good to practice that. Right. So we'd encourage everyone else to create their own podcast doing exactly the same thing so that we become irrelevant. <laughs> well, we already are irrelevant, so... <laughs> it's true. I guess you have to have relevance first <laughs> to become irrelevant. Oh, goodness. All right. Well, let's let's get into it now. Okay. Let's get into the topic. Um, so let's... You stated how Jordan Peterson feels about it, and you said that you disagree with him. Yeah, so first off, I guess what I'd first say is that I think that there is a problem, an equivalent problem with pursuing happiness as with pursuing meaning. Um, first off, I'd say when people talk about wanting to be happy, they probably aren't talking about the kind of shallow happiness that Jordan Peterson renders it as when he talks about it. Um, I mean, obviously, I don't know what the majority of people think, but it doesn't matter. I know when I talk about wanting to be happy, I'm not talking about having shallow feelings of pleasure for a short period of time, right? I'm talking about deep, lasting joy, um, which is basically meaning. I mean, I think true happiness is meaningful. Um, but in any case, I think the problem is the same, whether you're pursuing happiness, deep lasting happiness, or fleeting happiness, or pursuing meaning, um, the problem is in confusing vision, a vision of what you want to accomplish with goals. Um, if you put happiness or meaning as your kind of, uh, what's the word, cloudy, like kind of indistinct long-term vision of what you want, um, the thing you want to exist as, then that's good. Bear with me here. But the problem okay. is, okay. the problem is, um, when you think of it as what things or circumstances will make your life meaningful or happy. And so, and Jordan Peterson frames things like this often when he's talking about meaning, because he says, don't pursue happiness, pursue meaning. And so when you're thinking about meaning and pursuing it, think, what do you need your life to look like in order to, for it to be meaningful? What things do you need to have or what do you need to be doing for it to be meaningful? And I think that's wrong. I think that's confusing goals with vision. There's, in my, in my view, there's no thing that you can achieve or be doing that will make your life any more meaningful than it is now. And it, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about last That's time about, about things not being inherently meaningful. Right. So, so the purpose of setting your cloudy vision, your indistinct vision for things, is to remind yourself to find meaning or happiness, whatever it may be, 
in your current circumstances. To me, it's a choice. Except for those cases, obviously, where like um, you're, you know, we're we're not talking about those cases where your basic daily needs of survival aren't being met. But, um, okay. but in general, it's a choice to say I'm going to be happy or I'm going to make my life meaningful and setting the vision of I want somehow to have a meaningful life or I want to be happy is your daily reminder to find that in, in your life but, but in pursuit of something if we're saying I need this and this and this and this to happen in order that I may have a meaningful life or in order that I may be happy in pursuit of something we may never actually catch it you know, it evades us perpetually because it's always there's always something else that we need in order for that to happen. Does that make sense? I that was, that was I gave you a monologue. Yeah, there. yeah. <laughs> no, I like it. I I appreciate what you're saying, and I think that I do understand it. Um, let me float something out here because I think that what you said correlates more closely to what I think than than I thought before we started the conversation. Dang it! Because when you <laughs> but it, it is different, so it, it might not bear with me. When we started talking about it, you were talking about how, like, the, the very base thing that initiated the conversation was Jordan Peterson said that happiness is not a worthwhile goal, mm-hmm. something like that. And I agree with that statement, therefore I disagree with you. But, see, I don't remember hearing when he says that meaning is the thing to look for instead of happiness, but I'll take your word for it. Um, But I also think that he's wrong if that's what he's saying. And the reason for that is I think that I think that it's confusing two different issues. I think meaning is separate from when you're saying that in your life you want to pursue a certain it's almost a certain emotion that is dominant in your life or a certain a certain characteristic of being that's how i would say it a mood like there's yeah you <laughs> i don't think i would say mood but you pursue a certain characteristic of being and i think that's separate from pursuing meaning in life i think it contributes to it but i don't think that you i don't think they're mutually excuse exclusive at all <clears throat> but i do agree that happiness is not that characteristic of being that's worth pursuing and it's interesting what you say because you're saying uh, let me know if I understood you correctly it sounded like what you were saying was happiness is worth pursuing not as a goal like you're trying to attain it but more as a vision of how you want your life to be in general you want it to be happy and because that exists you know as a place that you want to get you're continually doing things that make that happen is that right I think so that sounds right okay Okay, so my thought about it before before I heard what you were saying, so we'll see if they correlate at all. Um, my thought was that there is a characteristic of being that is worth pursuing by every person that exists. And I think it's absolutely not happiness because, like you mentioned in, uh, in outlining Peterson's argument against pursuing happiness as, as a state of being, happiness is always fleeting. It's not a consistent emotion. It, it falls on the far side of a scale. It's a pretty extreme emotion. And there, I mean, it varies in the level. You can be a little bit happy. You can be a lot happy. 
But either way, I don't think it sits in a place where you can be consistently that way. I mean, there are always going to be things that, at least in the short term and potentially in the long term, are going to upset that feeling of happiness, you know, regardless of who you are. Like, you're not always mm-hmm. going to be happy. But what I do think you can always be is peaceful. That's the thing that I've personally settled on as, as the characteristic of being that I want to maintain and pursue as much as possible is peacefulness. <clears throat> and let me explain a little bit, because it's not an arbitrary kind of peacefulness. Uh, it, I think it it comes in large part from, from understanding who you are as a person, who oneself is as a person, and being okay with it, which is a long process because you have to deliberate how you act in the world, how you want to act in the world, and then how you make that transition between the two, and then you have to do it. You have to become that person that you want to be first. That's the first step of having an internal and constant peace, and that's a huge first step, but I think once you make it, it's much, much easier to maintain peace in particularly difficult situations. Because that's where you would see the biggest contention with the idea of being able to maintain peace indefinitely. You know, something something horrific happens. Like, like if you, if someone in your family dies or something like that. You know, one of the more extreme things that can go wrong in your life. It would, it seems to me to be absurd to think that you could be happy in that state. Depending on who you are, I think there are some people, especially especially if you're religious, that might be possible. But I don't think that you can only be happy. Mm-hmm. Or even, like, it. I don't think that you can maintain a complete state of happiness. I think you can switch between the two. Like, when you really, if you're religious and you really contemplate your ideas about where that person has gone after they die, then I think you can you can gain happiness in having those thoughts but I don't think it's the dominant feeling for most people. That's purely a guess, but that's my, sure. my thought about it. But I think that it's absolutely reasonable that you could be peaceful throughout that situation. I think that's a more reasonable thing to maintain even when, when really bad things are happening. And I think the reason for it is because it... it I think the only way to achieve it is to come to an understanding of the world that has some major degree of truth. It can't have certainty because that's, if you look at, you know, philosophical arguments, that's, that's one thing that I think is pretty broadly agreed upon across philosophers, which is shocking. There don't seem to be that many things, but one is that it's impossible to have certainty except for about maybe one or two different things mm-hmm. but you can you can know it well enough that you can trust it the world going back to the how to achieve peace you know the world well enough that you can trust it and you know that it's not certain and you accept that and are okay with the uncertainty of the world and are still able to function and in it a way that you find meaningful and i think if you if you hit those different levels then it's possible to have peace throughout any situation. Therefore, I think it's a more it's a worthwhile state of being 
to make as a goal. So that's to be understood. Peacefulness is to be understood as like um, satisfied with the way you are and with the way the world is. Not in the sense that like, okay, I'm good enough, but like kind of. Um, I think it's I think it's a little more active than that. If I were to to try to put it into a sentence, I would say that the kind of peace I'm talking about is um, the ability to let me think about this. The ability to accept. Hmm. That's a tough one. But it's something about being able to accept things like situations that are going to occur regardless of how it is that they actually do occur. So it's almost being being able to accept and not negatively react to any situation that can possibly happen. I think that would be the ultimate ideal of peace. And and you mentioned that there's part of it that's personal as well. So it's not just things happening, but what you do as a person as right. well. Right. Yeah, I think the what I was saying was more of an addition to it. Like there's there's an active element to it because it, it has to deal with things that are happening in your life in addition to on a personal level. Interesting. Um, well, I mean, I don't know if it's any different. Um, right. <laughs> it's when you were saying it, it, I was thinking like, okay, these actually sound very similar. <laughs> well, no, I'm, I mean, I don't know if it's, it's like, or you think I, I can't that imagine it's similar to Peterson. Um, I don't know. Let me see. I, okay. I can't imagine you know, if I'm imagining that my father died tomorrow, I can't imagine myself being any more at peace than happy. And obviously it's something I could come to have peace about and something that I could come, you know, I could continue to have happiness at some point, but it's not a moment that I would see as peaceful, you know, which isn't to say that I think I would lose my bearing on existence in life and, and completely descend into chaos, but there would be some degree of that, which isn't a peaceful thing. As much as I know that people die and I'm okay with how the world needs to end and continually restart, that doesn't, to me, that doesn't entail that I need to be indifferent to it, either in my fluctuating of happiness or my fluctuating of peace. So I was saying... Yeah, if my father died, I couldn't see that. Like right now, I couldn't see that as a peaceful experience or a happy one. Um, even with my, you know, my religious beliefs that um, he would be going to paradise, etc. That to me, that doesn't mean that death should ever be rejoiced over or that pain over death is wrong. Um, and and so I can't see that being a happy experience or a peaceful one while I c- 
could come to terms with it and be at peace with it and be happy after again you know after whatever amount of time um i couldn't see that as a peaceful or a happy experience and i don't but i don't think that that means happiness or peace shouldn't be pursued um it's like you always know that if you're trying to I don't know what's an example. If you're trying to make money, you're going to lose money, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't try and make money. <laughs> right, right. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. I I feel like I could maintain a decent amount of, of internal peace if your dad died. Or if my dad died. <laughs> <laughs> That was just a joke, but no, yeah. Even if even if even if a family member died, I, I think that I would. <laughs> I think that peace would be a dominant feeling. I think it would happen in conjunction with, with a great deal of sadness. But I I feel as though happiness is happiness and sadness are mutually exclusive. You can't feel both at the same time. But peacefulness, I feel like, is kind of central enough that you can feel other things at the same time as peaceful. Not everything, because you can't, you can't, no, I don't know. Are there, are there things that you can't feel when you feel peaceful? Rage. It's just the opposite of peaceful. Rage. Yeah, rage might be one of them. Yeah, or any kind of, like, anger, anger in general. Yeah, that might be one of them. And see, this is kind of my point, is I feel like whether it's, I mean, you were saying that you feel like meaning is a separate thing from what we're talking about, but it seems like Jordan, like what Jordan Peterson talks about is that it's kind of like it's another emotion, like to have a meaningful existence. It's like a um, you could replace that with a happy existence or a peaceful existence, a meaningful existence. And so maybe you disagree with that premise, but it seems to me that if we're saying that any insert here what emotion you want your thing you know your central emotion to be and yeah by all means pursue that as your lofty vision and everything but to me it's they're all the same you know it's i mean it's not that they're all the same but but they're equivalent in that it's a it's a daily choice kind of thing you you choose each day to remember what you want to live as and to make small choices to try and do that and and one of them isn't weaker somehow than the other. They're all equally, I mean, if you're pursuing meaning, you're going to have times, in, I feel like inevitably you'll have times in your life where something happens that just seems completely absurd. And and you try as hard as you might, you cannot find meaning to it or whatever it may be. But I feel like that's part of the existence. That's not. That's not to say, oh, just because you can't always feel it, you shouldn't pursue it. Okay, so I there are a couple of things that I want to. Dang, there are a couple of things I want to say, but before anything, there's one thing I want to clarify. Because in the way that you just talked about meaning, it made me think that the way that you were. The way that you were conceptualizing meaning, was in terms of like the meaning of the world. Or the exist like existence of everyone as a whole, is that right? 
Um, I don't think so, but maybe. Okay. <laughs> I'm not being precise <laughs> enough. Um, I I. I don't know what what it was it that I that I said that made you think that way, because I'm thinking of I'm trying to think of it in terms of it was having a you... meaningful existence. So so Jordan Peterson talks about what do you need to do so that your life is meaningful to you. He says on when an you're individual on, level. Yeah, and he says when okay. you're on the path, the thin line between chaos and order that's when your life is most meaningful and doors are opening up and, and your mind feels like it's growing and being enlightened. So that's kind of how he talks about it. I was trying to talk about it like that. Okay. Yeah, the thing that threw me was when you said that... Oh, what did you say? You said, oh, you were talking about uh, something happening that you couldn't explain that just seemed completely random. Okay, yeah, so that would be a, the other sense, you're right. Okay. But but I could, I mean, in the individual sense, it's more like um, there will be, if we're talking about specifically how Jordan Peterson talks about it, like there will be times in your life when you are not on that thin line between chaos and order. Inevitably, you're going to fall to one side or another of that line at times in your life, like that meaningful existence isn't and he says this too he says you know that um it's something that comes and goes that at times in your life you're just going to be things are just going to be clicking and coming together and so to me it's like it's just as fleeting as he talks about happiness being it's it's not it's not a different realm of experience all human experience is going to be to some extent fleeting and that doesn't mean it shouldn't be pursued or held as a lofty vision of what we can try and do every day. Hmm. I'm, I don't think that I agree with that. I agree with most of it, but not the end conclusion, I think. Because I, I, I think what you're getting at is, is true. The only potential correction I would, I would put forward is that, um, Having, if you have something like happiness as a goal, as a characteristic of being that you want to achieve, there are frequent times in people's lives where they are not happy. Because, like I was saying earlier, I feel like it's too far down the line of emotions. It's not, it's not a natural state of being. Something has to happen in order to make you happy. You don't... I disagree with that. Really? Yeah, well, that's what I started out saying is like conceiving of it as things that need to happen for you to be happy is is inherently conceiving of it in a way in which you'll never actually be happy. And that's why I was saying it's the same thing with meaning. If you say about meaning, in order for me to have a meaningful life, these things need to happen, that's a way of conceiving of it in which you'll never have a meaningful life because... There'll always be something else that that needs to happen, or things won't happen as as you envisioned them, or they will happen, but it's not up to your expectations, whatever it may be. And so, so what I'm saying is, happiness isn't something that that you say. Um, if these things happen, then I will be happy, or even 
if I do these things, if I come to a point in my life where I've done this X, Y, and Z, then I'll be happy. That is an inherently contradictory way to conceive of happiness because the only time you can be happy is right now. There's no, there's no future time. It's just a now thing. And so if you choose in the moment to be happy or to be at peace, whatever it may be, I think that's a worthy vision. And, and I don't even, I don't even want to call it a goal because a goal is something concrete that a concrete task that you can measure and do now. And so I don't want to call it a goal because it's not really a goal to be happy or to be at peace. It's just like this lofty vision. Does that make sense? I'm ranting. <laughs> um, and I cut you off, so you probably had more to say. <laughs> I did, but that's okay, because this is, this is an interesting interesting trail to run down for, for a bit. And I, I get the feeling that your idea of happiness and my idea of peace are, are more alike than different. <laughs> Because that's kind of a lot of the things you're saying are, are how I visualize peace. Like it's a constant. It, it's a it's a thing that is happening in the now. Although I think, well, okay. Let me let me, let me address one thing at a time. So the reason that I I think peace is a better word for it than happiness is like I've been saying. I think happiness, like any of the more extreme emotions, is a secondary emotion. I think it comes as a result of something that has happened. And you said something about, you were talking about how <laughs> that can't be because things are only happening in the present. And while that's true that the present is the only thing that exists, that doesn't discount things that ha have previously happened in the present or things that are going to occur in the present when the present is occurring during those things that are happening, <laughs> which is... Uh, yeah, we're getting into getting into times a, a crazy one. We might need a whole thing on that. But but regardless, I think I think like I said, happiness comes from other things. If you were to sit in a forest and not move for days on end, I don't think that you could just be and assuming you didn't have any of the the necessary things to survive, or you didn't need any of the current necessities to survive. So you don't need food or water, shelter, anything like that. Perfect weather, you're in California. And you sit in a forest for multiple days at a time. I think it's unreasonable to think that you would be actively happy for that whole time. But I think it's well within the realm of possibility that you could have an inner peace during that whole time. But again, I think that the way that I'm conceptualizing peace and the way you're conceptualizing happiness might be more alike than different. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's part of my thinking too. Is like, and I think it's I think it's the same way that Jordan Peterson talks about meaning. I think it's all pretty much the same feeling that we're trying okay. to get at of like, because yeah, I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about, you know, the dictionary defines happiness verily, like different in different ways as like, variously as I was trying to say, as like, um, a feeling of pleasure, feeling or showing pleasure, or that sort of thing. But yeah, that's not what I'm talking okay. about, because there's also, there's also the the definition of like, 
deep joy or or even meaning as part of a definition of what happiness Mm. is right um it's more than feeling or showing pleasure it's it's like yeah having inner peace having a deep abiding joy loving the idea of existing i like that existence i like that better loving existence is probably but probably better than than picking one word to do it (laughs) (laughs) right well and that's kind of my thing is like that's why i disagree with peterson when he talks about this because he's trying to build like this little hierarchy of like don't pursue happiness pursue meaning and i get it because he's talking about like the shallow happiness that i was also talking about (laughs) but i don't think most people meet yeah but i don't think most people mean that when they say i'm i want to be happy i don't think most people mean when they say that I want to just feel this yeah. fleeting pleasure, you I, know? I don't, I mean, who knows? I would but, guess that, that you're probably right about that. But I would also say that those people are, are misspeaking. I think that they're, 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 they're not <laughs> being exact about what it is that they want because I don't think happiness is, is I don't think that's the best word. And I also think that it's an incorrect word to describe if, if people are not actually thinking of the kind of happiness that is, you know, the first dictionary definition of happiness, then I think there there are other words that are better for it. <laughs> I may be biased, but I think peace is one of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think you're biased, but so are all of us. It's okay. <laughs> I forgive you for it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but, but, um, <laughs> but, but kind of, I think the more interesting part of the conversation then, as long as we're saying that we're basically saying the same thing, just using a different word, is is my argument would be that even if we're conceiving of peacefulness or if we're conceiving of this loving of existence, whatever it may be, even that is a fleeting thing that by definition of human existence is not something that can be felt. I think that that is the next thing that we need to get into. So we have to get into the maintenance of whatever we want, whatever word we want to use, whether it's peacefulness or meaning, meaningness, peacefulness or meaning. Uh, we don't have to worry about happiness because it's wrong. We figured that out. <laughs> I disagree. Fair enough. Listen, here's, here's one, here's one definition of happiness from the, from the Oxford English dictionary. Feeling or showing a deep sense of contentment, especially arising from satisfaction with one's circumstances or condition. Doesn't that sound? I, that sounds like what you're saying about peacefulness. It does, yeah. I and I, I also think that if you read just that description and asked people what word it was the definition of, they would say peace before they would say happiness. Oh, we have no info. Okay, let's move <laughs> that's on. Just, yeah, that's just a, that's a total guess. Hundred percent biased on that. But yeah, anyway, uh, yeah. So I, I wanted to talk about the the idea of those things not being constantly maintainable. Right. And so. The way that, like I said in the beginning of this, I think of meaning 
and different characteristics of being as two different things. Excuse me. And I think that's that's part of the reason why, because I think that's absolutely true of characteristics of being. You can't only be peaceful or happy or anything. Those things are always going to be changing. But I think that you can always be living a meaningful life. I think, well, you know, with you're, 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 that doesn't just happen. You have to put work into getting there. But I think once you reach a certain point, it the amount of meaning that you might feel in any given moment might fluctuate. It might go to different levels, which is which probably correlates with what Peterson says about swaying from that middle line of order and chaos. So the the amount of meaning that that you feel or that is actually occurring in your life might be changing levels. But I don't think that once you have meaning that it's something that ever disappears unless you didn't have an actual concept of what was making your life meaningful. Because I, I also don't think that it's something that you choose. You don't pick something that makes life meaningful. I think life is meaningful because of certain things. And you have to find out what those things are. And I think uh, there's a fair number of different things that make life meaningful. And the more you find, the more meaningful it'll be. And within that range that you have, it's going to fluctuate based on different things that are happening in your life. Um, I would say that it can be destroyed if you get disillusioned in some way. But I think it's also very possible to maintain it forever. And mm. I can keep going if you want, but feel free to jump in. Um, I'll just keep going. Okay. So I can talk a little bit about how how I think of meaning in my own life, because I do find my life very meaningful, and it was not always that way. <laughs> it was a it was quite a long, I know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> quite quite a long and arduous process to get there. It it takes a lot of mistakes to figure out something like that, even to the the small degree that I think that I have. <laughs> but one of the most important things and and one of the ideas that I actually don't remember if Peterson stole this one from me or or if it came about as a as a product of listening to him lecture but but I think that's he, what happens when you're when you're a genius is that with all the other geniuses you just kind of share this collective <laughs> unconscious and you authorship original authorship kind of just disappears so. it just bounces around to whoever's saying it at the moment <laughs> yours it's his it doesn't matter <laughs> everyone's names are are on the inside cover <laughs> all right well in that case it, this is a totally original idea <laughs> regardless of who whose it was i think it's i think it's useful <laughs> but the the idea is that essentially if you could break down what makes life meaningful to its most fundamental aspect I think that it's responsibility. And that is something that Peterson talks about a lot to give him, you know, a little bit of credit. But but I <laughs> but I don't think I've heard him say it. I don't think I've heard he at least hasn't articulated to my knowledge this idea the way that the way that I think it applies to meaning as a whole. So like I was saying earlier, I think there are different things that make life meaningful. 
but to have meaning in your life, it doesn't mean that you identify those different things, because that's not enough. You can't say, oh, well, you know, having, having personal connections with people makes life meaningful. I'd say, okay, well, my life has meaning because I'm aware of that. It's, it's not even close to enough. The first step is realizing what those things are, and then the work actually begins. From this is this is the idea of why responsibility is the thing that gives life meaning. Because once you pinpoint those things that can give life meaning, you have to take on the responsibility, bolstering those things up within yourself, and not just saying that they are the most meaningful things, but actually making them the most meaningful things that exist in your life as you're acting out in each moment day to day. Yeah, I totally agree with that. But see, that's that's what I'm saying. As you've just articulated it, meaning is a choice. It's not completely arbitrary. Like You can't just say, well, my life's going to be meaningful because of lamps, because lamps are a thing, and that makes my life <laughs> meaningful. Like you said, there, there are preset things that make life meaningful that we have to discover, work to discover, and then work to actually make them work for us. But, but those work verbs are choices. Those are choices that we make. And so in that way, meaning is a choice. And my argument is yes. since we are humans, we inevitably are going to fail at making that, those choices and are inevitably going to fail at that work. However, long, however far along the road we are, we can still fail at that. And, and things will, can fluctuate into not being meaningful, into being detrimental or or we fluctuate into saying it wasn't me it's not it's not my responsibility and then and then things aren't working for us anymore and i think that's a reality for any human yeah i i do agree with the with the with what you're saying to a certain extent again <laughs> cuz the i think the logic of that is is solid the only adjustment that i would make is that i think because there are a number of things that make up meaning and because well let's start with that first so you have a number of things that make up meaning i think it's absolutely maybe even un, i was gonna say plausible maybe unavoidable that at some point some of those things are you're not going to be taking on that responsibility of like that's adequate to make that thing meaningful to you as a person or that you're not going to use it to make your life meaningful but i do think that once you take something on as like once you develop it and that if it becomes a fundamental aspect of who you are like, like if you were to take personal connections as as one of those instances you can you can do things that harm that. You can get into arguments with, with people that you care about. You can damage those relationships to a certain degree. But I think until you destroy them completely, there's still a semblance of meaning because they exist and you have previously put work into them. And so you have built them up to a certain extent, even if you diminish them somewhat. So I think there's still, like, the meaning is still there, even if it's at a lower level. And well, I, I don't, I wouldn't, I won't speak to if it's possible to destroy those things completely. But I will, 
Okay, never mind. I will. I think it is possible to destroy those things completely. <laughs> but I think that you would have to do it pretty actively. You would have to revoke those sure. things as having meaning in your own mind and then get rid of them like on purpose. I think it would be really, really tough to have that happen without a conscious decision. Well, I might disagree with you on that, but that's not what we're talking about, really. Oh. Um, I mean, that's another topic. <laughs> well, because I would just say that I think if you just gave up on making things meaningful, they would naturally dissolve into not being meaningful. I don't I don't think you'd have to actively destroy them. I think if you just give up, it'll Oh, happen. I, 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 yeah, to, to clarify, I think that is what I meant. Like, yeah, the activity, the activity oh, okay. of no longer holding those, <laughs> the activity of inactivity. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> um, but, but, um, what was I going to say? I was going to say that it seems to me that that same argument could be applied to what you're calling a separate category of things. These, what was it? Characteristics being. of uh-huh. being like, if I strive to develop this deep sense of peacefulness, um, with myself and with those around me and of the world and um, something happens, you know, my wife cheats on me, something happens that really ticks me off and I just lose it, like I go into a rage, whatever it may be, that doesn't mean that the deep sense of peacefulness that I've been garnering for the past years is gone. Oh, I I don't know. Well, it's not, because... If, if I'm working on a habit and I'm building it up and I, you know, mess up and for one, for a week or however long that rage and resentment lasts before I'm working through it, I'm, what I'm trying to do is return to that base level of peacefulness that I've been working on or, or happiness or deep joy, whatever it may be. <clears throat> it seems to me that it works in the same way as as meaningful m- meaningfulness but we did say earlier that there are feelings that are completely in antithesis to peace and anger was the one that we talked about so if you're feeling one then you can't be feeling the other even if it's for a brief moment before you start trying to get back to it which fair enough when you're trying to get back to it you have some some aspect of it and that's fair but I think in that moment where you're feeling anger, you can't be feeling peaceful at the same time. Yeah. And, and I th- but I think it's the same way with the meaningful conversation that in the moment where you're no longer taking the duty upon yourself and you're no longer, and you're trying to victimize yourself or whatever it may be and say, this isn't my fault, it's not my responsibility, you're no longer you can't possibly be garnering meaning from that situation or activity or whatever it is in that moment. You're still working from a base of meaningfulness that you can easily flip back to. But in that moment, when you're not taking on the responsibility of it, you're not benefiting from it. It's not a feeling that you're having of meaningfulness. So let me try to... Let me, let me float something out there. Because the difference, I, the difference I see between the two is that the characteristics of being, which are 
at least very closely related to emotions. I think those are more temporary things that happen in each instance as it is in the present. It's like, it's a constant thing that's happening, which means that it can fluctuate and change in those that same amount of time, that instant. But when I conceptualize meaning or living a meaningful existence, it's more of a progression. So if you're, and this is sort of, Peterson draws a similar scale when he's talking about aiming for the highest, the highest cumulative good that you can reach. He, like, that's what I'm imagining you draw on a graph, a line. So you start at the bottom with no meaning, and then as you start to accumulate meaning, you're moving up as you're moving forward. And so there may be times where you drop down, but you're still moving forward, and I don't think you ever hit that bottom. I don't think you can hit that bottom line again. And let, yeah, unless, unless you, you decide to, to draw yourself off the graph. Well, it's interesting that see, it's interesting that you draw that distinction because to me, uh, what we're talking about as happiness or peacefulness or loving existence is the exact same thing. I think, as you, I mean, it's it's the same thing as you, as you work, to, um, to love existence as you work to whatever it may be that increases over time and it's going to fluctuate as you go it's not a straight line up it's up and down and up and down but trending up i don't think it has the i don't think it has the same progression though because i feel like meaning is accumulative of so many different things and it also is a totally fundamentally different thing than an emotion like meaning is i don't even even know how to describe it like as as an entity Meaning is what the substance of the substance of being, yeah. <laughs> and an emotion is maybe part of that being, but I, I don't think it's the same as the substance that actually makes up that being. That's sort of a live up to the name. That's a little bit metaphysical and not direct in any way. But I feel like there is. I can't articulate it, but I feel like there is a distinction. Well, I'm see. I guess I'm not thinking of what we're talking about as as a simple emotion as result of things happening. I'm thinking of this in terms of cho a choice. And so, see, I don't think of peacefulness or loving existence, a love for existence or happiness as simple emotions, but as something you choose to do. Okay. And so maybe that's where I'm seeing them as the same thing, because in the same way, like we've talked about, meaning is something you choose to take responsibility, and that's what brings meaning, and so it's something you choose to do. Maybe that's why I'm seeing it differently. Okay. Yeah, I think I, I, think I see what you're saying there. Because, yeah, I, I think... Should we stop it there? Do you have to go? Uh, no, it's okay. Um, just, yeah, just real quick. Okay. Um, yeah, I think, I think, yeah, we might just be thinking about it somewhat differently. Because I think of, when I think of the peacefulness that I'm talking about, which I do like the definition of a love of existence. I think that's a, it's a good, if maybe a little broad way of thinking about it. 
I would almost think of that as a byproduct of having meaning in your life. I think, well, so I think that having a meaningful life, living a meaningful life, is what allows you to have peace. So it's kind of the consequence of having meaning, which is why I think that it's not quite as substantial as meaning is. But I, I get what you're saying. And I think the way, that, the way that you're thinking about it, I might have to agree with you. Maybe. Because <laughs> it seems like, I mean, how we started this conversation was we were framing it in the in the in the, in the frame. <laughs> we we're framing it in the frame of 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 setting goals, right? And and pursuit. And so that's why I see all these things. I guess that's my argument against Peterson's like denunciation of happiness as a pursuit because I see all these things as equivalent. Whether you're saying that your vision is to have a happier life or a more meaningful life or a more peaceful life or whether you're saying I want to love existence more than I do, they're all, they all entail the same choices in the here and now and none of them are things that you, none of them are easier than any other and none of them are things that you can just say I want to do that and if I get right. this and this and this then I'll have that they're all things that you have to say I'm going to choose now through my little daily choices right to bring that about okay so I, I, I would say it sounds then like we do at least mostly agree and we're just conceptualizing these things a little bit differently that's that's my guess anyway. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, there Although you I do it. have one more thing to say <laughs> about about the happiness thing specifically, because that does that does bother me a little bit. I I uh, I don't think that you can say that happiness is the same as those other things, and I don't think you can say happiness is a worthy pursuit in someone's life. You know, in big terms, as a goal for life in good consciousness, and here's why. While it's possible to think of it as something similar to how I'm thinking about peace or how Peterson thinks about meaning, it's also very, very easy to think about happiness in those shallow terms. And I would, I would say that it's, there's a good chance that it's probably more commonly thought of that way. When people talk about happiness, it's usually that immediate happiness. It's a tough thing to define in any certain terms. And so I think that it's dangerous to use the term happiness in that context because then it can be very, very easily misunderstood and then broadly applied to, oh, well, when I, when I you know, do drugs, I feel happy. It goes away, but I feel happy during that time, so I should, you know, do more drugs. Mm -hmm. Well, that's interesting. When I do... <laughs> Weed, oh, I feel really peaceful. <laughs> <laughs> no, but really, I mean, that's that's my counter-argument, is that I, the same argument can be applied to meaning or peace. I mean, the things you said was, one, um, they're commonly, happiness is commonly thought of in a more shallow way, and two, it is a hard thing to define, and because of that, it can be moved towards the shallow definition. 
we just struggled over trying to define meaning and I don't think peaceful is any easier to define. Um, and I think they both have their really shallow counterparts. I mean, fair enough. I'm going to sell everything I have and buy a van and live a meaningful existence in the wilderness because this modern yeah, life. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. You know, fair enough. Or that's, <laughs> that's true. They both have their shallow counterparts, and so. All right. Well then. Okay. So. I, I agree with that. I think that's a very valid point. I and mean, I'm, I'm going to change the way that I talk about it. Because up until now, that is how I've described it. When people say, you know, what's what's a worthy goal for your life? I, I've told people, like, I try to have peace. Main, main, like an inner peace that can be maintained constantly or almost constantly throughout any kind of situation. But I'm going to change that. Because I think more accurately it could be said... The only, in my mind, the only really worthy goal is living a meaningful life that allows you to have a meaning or to have a feeling of peace during all things that will occur in your life. And I think hanging it on meaning at least makes it a little bit stronger. And then after that, all I have to do is define meaning, which is tough. <laughs> But I feel like it gets a little bit closer. Yeah, yeah, sure. going into taking responsibility and all that. Take on responsibilities that make you feel peaceful. Oof. How about that? That's a concept. Well, I think I'm going to go for thinking things more in terms of of, of loving existence. I like but that. I also, it also doesn't matter because I don't talk to people about this kind of thing so <laughs> and if i did i hope that they do get confused about what i'm saying you know find it out for yeah, themselves that, that, i don't want, I don't want yeah, to be yeah. a crutch for them yeah that wouldn't be the worst thing you leave them confused so they start to start to wonder yeah that should be that should well, be the motto for this podcast that's why we're here. Think, we want to make I people confused so they start to wonder. Yeah, we can make that a subtitle. <laughs> um, just the final thing, uh, I think, the, I would just to point this out, um, because there is a religious tie for me here that might have led to my initial reaction to Jordan Peterson's talking. Because... Because according to my religion, the purpose of life is to have joy. Like, men exist so that they can have joy. Um, and that's, like, explicitly stated in, in the scripture, you know? And so that's probably one of the reasons that I'm attached to that idea. Uh, um, okay. But And that was, that was the initial reason that I thought of what I did, that just because it's not constant doesn't mean it's not... There's a difference between something that can just be experienced constantly and a purpose. You know, just because you set a purpose for something doesn't mean it has to be achieved constantly. Um, yeah, anyway, I just wanted to say that. That might be part of my bias. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Either way, I, I think that you did put forth a lot, of, a lot of really good thoughts. I really liked the way, honestly, that you conceptualized 
when you first started talking about happiness, how you changed it from experiencing it immediately to something that you want to make choices to lead up to. I think that's a good way of thinking about it, no matter who you are. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's not so too. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Well, we'll have to get more into that. <laughs> Fair enough for another time. Alright. Well, anyone's listening. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> hope Catch you, had, you next time. Yeah, hope you had something good to think about. Hope you think about other things. Goodbye. <laughs>